This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, it's Jim here from The Blank Podcast. Um, just letting you know, for the next few weeks we're releasing some classic episodes um, ahead of us returning with some more newer, recent episodes. Um, what we're doing is we're using these few weeks off to record as many as possible so we can get ahead of ourselves and then come back at the end of May with a bang um, and release more new episodes. So we've handpicked a couple of our favourite episodes from the archives and we hope you enjoy them. Obviously if you're new to Blank then you may not have heard these episodes before so do go back and listen to more from the back catalogue and tweet us of course or Instagram us at BlankPod. Let us know if you've enjoyed this classic episode or any more from the archives that you've enjoyed. Um, So that's it. We'll see you in a few weeks for some new episodes but until then enjoy these retro classic episodes on the Blank Podcast. And welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those difficult moments with some well-known people. I'm Jim Daly, and joining me as ever is the lovely Giles Paley. How lovely! Thank you very much. <laughs> the lovely Giles Paley. Thank you, Jim. That's a very nice introduction. You are welcome. How are you? I'm alright. How are you? Have you had a I'm good very week? good. I've had a great week. Good. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, it's been very busy, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to getting into this podcast. It's the second blank podcast ever episode number two number two and we've got an amazing guest it's the hilarious roisin connerty ah roisin what an amazing lady she is she's fantastic very talented incredibly talented um i was a huge fan of her series game face um which we talk about quite a lot on the pod yeah um um she which she wrote herself um and stars in um i just fell in love with that it's brilliant and um, I've tweeted about it quite a lot because I'm a big fan. Yeah. And you're a big fan of Twitter as well. So. I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it was great to get in get in with her about that. Yeah. Yeah. And she, yeah, and she obviously delves into a lot of blank moments. She actually had a blank moment almost exactly before the pod happened, which she will go into as well. Yeah. We hear about. Yeah. So, um, poor, poor the timing was, was, was good for us. Maybe less so. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Her. So she was a little bit tired. Yeah. But she was very candid and, and we really appreciate that. So, um, yeah. So should we, should we get into it? I really think we should. I think we should. This is the blank podcast and this is Roisin Connerty. Mm-hmm. 
Because Jim does a weekly like warm up thing, don't you, for Yahoo? Yeah. And I suppose you experience it every week, do you? <laughs> yeah, they're quite flat sometimes. The audience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's tough doing warm up, mate. It's so I've just. Like, no, it's fine. Ruining it's fine. your. Uh, I'll group, never yeah. get. I'll never get cooked <laughs> again. Um, Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I find it quite difficult sometimes. Uh, I'm still learning how to do it. Really, how to do good, sort of good audience warm up. Yeah. Whether to be really like high energy or just chatty, or play a song or do a set of jokes. Like it's, it's quite difficult. Yeah. To work out how to do it. Of course. So yeah, I get blank moments in that really, but that's me sort of learning through it i guess oh yeah i mean well yeah that's all quick anything you do creatively i think is full of that is you know sort of otherwise it would be less creative it would be how to do a thing a b c and that's it but there isn't really you know the set rules are so personal what what how you make things work for yourself you know on any given day you're so for me personally i'm such a part of my work that I have to, what's going on with me will affect my work as well in a different way than if it's not a creative project. If it's a different thing, you can sort of, you know, just follow the instructions and yeah. that's it, you know. But that, but that brings out the best and worst, doesn't it? Because if you're following instructions, everyone's going to be doing the same thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You almost, I guess, I don't know if you find it, you almost need sometimes the blank moments where things aren't going well to maybe take yourself back a little bit and then re-enter something and you have a bit more kind of enthusiasm for it or something like that I don't know does, it, does that does that happen for you yeah I think so I think like it's different different things I mean it's quite a quite broad question I think um, stand up is very different and to writing and they are all very they've got very different when stand up is going wrong it's going wrong in live in front of an audience yeah. so you can't really come out of it you know you have to it's a different thing you have to lean in to quote you know you have to experience it wholeheartedly yeah. i think and and slow it all down so your brain can sort of stop the panic and just be like okay it's not going that well yeah <laughs> so let's just find your other jokes and let's just be in the moment and find what you want to talk about and why it's gone you know it has to it's a, it's a bit like meditation stand up especially when it's gone actually anytime because it's such a clarity of thought because you can't have any other thoughts in your head yeah. when you're live on stage talking for an hour a show an hour and a half yeah um yeah so that's sort of different to but if it's writing i do it's kind of you know i think it's different times like leaning in sometimes you have to work through that bit of i'm only this is the thing i'm i'm never sure i never like to speak with an absolute because i'm i think that means you know you never that sort of is sort of implies that you'll know how to, you're going to get through the next one which i don't know i think each time you feel like you can't do the thing or you've run out of time or you know energy for a project it sort of shows up in a different way and that's why it's scary because you don't always have the familiarity of going this is exactly like last time and i know exactly how to do it you're like it's different this time it's different this is worse this is a different thing and um yeah so writing i think trying to sit with uncomfortableness is a real uh probably the hardest thing creatively to do but the best thing for creativity um, to work through being uncomfortable, you know, it's not like, you know, there's that quote, it's not enjoyable writing, but you enjoy having written, absolutely. you know, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have anything particular you do then to get through those uncomfortable moments, right? But it comes to writing. It's awful. Cause I'm sort of so deadline orientated because of, because I'm not very good at them. Those moments. I'm not, I don't find them. I find them. I find them like I close my laptop I find everything kind of I don't have a discipline yeah uh, 
I'm not that disciplined. I think that's unfair, actually. I, I think I talk about myself in a way sometimes that isn't true because I'm always sort of working in my head, but I don't have those disciplined, get up at, you know, and then sit down for four hours and write. That's not how I work. But I'm trying different things because, you know, why not? Um, yeah. But it's not sort of how I work. So but it's what works of, for you works for you, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah, but I think also that you could just try, uh, uh, just like, um, like you say, those, you know, working through those bits when, they're, when it's uncomfortable to sit with it and to see maybe if I didn't close the laptop, if I didn't look away, yeah. how much further I'd be at any given time is the thing. It's just that horrible bit when you think, what, a blank page, yeah. a thoughtless mind a sort of and like so much distract everything in your room looks at like like neon in color yeah, like exactly. a noise well, i find that my exactly. brain starts to ache if that makes sense not a headache but like my brain aches oh totally yeah. like you just and it's almost agony and it's really hard to get out i find that really hard to get out of yeah oh yeah and i do think it's like rest you know it's like wrestling it in isn't it like i have to sort of tr- lure it in with treats like um mm. Like I have to write to music or I have to write something completely different. I have to just go into little scenarios in my head that are nothing to do with what I'm writing, but just write a different scene, a different genre, a different time. Well, funny enough, we were talking to John Monson, weren't we, recently on the pod, and he said that he all, as a little trick to help him with those moments, yeah. he works on more than one project at a time. Yeah. So he'll work on maybe two or three and they'd yeah. be quite different. And he said like he sort of, he uses those as a treat. So he might work on like a screenplay. Yeah. Um, because that's the hard bit and then he'll do some like edits and notes on his one of his audio projects and he said that's the treat right that's like the payoff uh for him yeah and he said that's the way he works and that really helps him get through those kind of moments yeah Mm. yeah i've I've never been able to work on more than one project i'm personally i've always found it a bit difficult to do two two or three different things it's quite interesting because I've got a few things on at the moment and that's the thing I'm sort of learning. I don't think either of them are treats other than sometimes what's quite good is the tricking of your brain is sometimes if I'm trying to write stand-up, all I get is sort of, if I sit there and go, I'm going to write stand-up comedy and it has to be stand-up and it's got its own set of sort of rules, um, uh, I just get stuff that's really good for scripted. And if I try and write, write scripted, I get stuff and I go, these are, these are, this is a stand-up routine. This is not something, this is better in the telling, not the showing. Um, and so it's quite nice because I sort of let that come before I'd block it. But that, I think that when the pressure's off, it just shows up the other way. It really goes, it's, it's frustrating because you'll be in the middle of a scene and you go, why are you giving me routines? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't need that. I needed Fucking that brain. two days ago. I was like, my stand-up, yeah, you know. Yeah. As, long um, as, you can, as long as you can recognise that. And then it could, that, that material could still be useful totally. down the line. And you know, sometimes little tricks I do, I say, this can't be, you know, people who don't like my work will think, well, well done. But like, sometimes <laughs> I do a thing where I say, this can't be funny. Like, to write a straight piece of dialogue, if you, you know, like, I believe that for comedy drama anyway. I think if it doesn't work straight, it won't work funny. Like, you have to sort of put the funny, you know, like yeah. as if you want it to be believable. Um but like just trying to, because you just get, then it feels like you're being naughty. Like if you just, like you sort of go, this is meant to be, if you envisage that it's meant to be a straight, you know, sort of very straight pace yeah. that you're writing. And then people just start saying the things that you think out, you know, when you're in an office situation, if it wouldn't be funny if I just got up and did this <laughs> yeah. and you go, well, write that down. Cause it's like, yeah. so it's sort of playing around with it like that a bit. But allowing yourself to do that. Totally, totally. You know, and I think having swimming as well is a big thing I think for me I think if I get to sort of knacker my body out so that all the all the little rattlings you know bees and little half thoughts and Mm. bits of paper and memories floating around are sort of just tired then you've just got like pure 
that bit of just like, okay, I'm ready to work then <laughs> in your brain. Do you find you get um, in moments like that where you kind of like switch your mind and your body off? Do you get more ideas? And then how do you note them down? Because I quite, I quite often get ideas in like the shower and driving. I'm like, I've got to pull yeah. over and like make a note on my phone or like really? jump out of the shower. Yeah, because I'm switched, sort of switched off. See, if I, once I start noting an idea, I feel like I've pulled away from the idea. So I don't like yeah. to document it until I'm like, you know, like the sec- if I'm in an idea and I, like I go, hang on, write this down. I feel like it's not finished. It wasn't finished. Like if you needed to write it down, like if it was that fleeting, yeah. then I feel like you should have sat with it for longer and been like, what does that mean? What do you mean? Like, where's it going? What, like flesh it out more. Exploring. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. But do you not worry about forgetting, the forgetting it or... No, unless it's a phrase, unless you've got like a, you know, the perfect phrase, then I think, oh, that's the word I was looking for. That's the phrase that will do it. Mm. But if it's like an idea for a scene or a, I sit with it, I just think I would never, like if I get a good idea, I just run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. Like I don't, do you know I mean? If it's that good, I I just think you should run it, run it. Because I think, I think ideas come in like bunches. Like I don't think they come in one. And if you get a good idea, you just got to reach around. It's like on a bunch of grapes, there's others with it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think they arrive in one. And I think sometimes if you, we go, oh, that's the idea. And you go, wait, wait, because it's, it's yeah, around so them. True. You go, go mm. around. This, if, I'm, if I'm collecting an idea, that this is, they, they, they always have another one off it, you know. So I'm like, okay, this idea, this idea. And certainly, thing, certainly for stand-up, because people take an idea and then flesh it out, or flesh it out and take, you know, one idea and make it into a five-minute, a ten-minute routine. Totally, because you work out what the theme is, you work out what it's linked to other stuff, you work yeah. out, you know, kind of... But even in a, in, if you're writing a, a scene, you know, and you have this idea, like, you know, whatever, and then you sort of go, that's sort of like, you know, sort of... And I just play with it then in my head and just, you know, like, literally, like, food in my mouth. Like, oh, you know, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's in here? What's, yeah. What is this? Why do you think it's a good idea? I think that's really good. I think mm. that's... I, I think I panic. Or I think I almost I think don't I'm, trust myself enough to be like, I've got to write this down now, I'm going to forget it. Well, I'm Before the same as well. thought about Yeah, the same that, as you two, really like writing it down as soon as I come in, because I just think, oh, that's going to that's gonna go, I'm just going to lose it. Yeah. It's going to go out my Yeah. Well, I suppose, listen, I, mean, I think most people would do that. And I, you know, I have definitely lost ideas or gone over old notepads years later and been like, oh my God, that's a great <laughs> idea for a joke or a blog. You know, like... Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think what I normally do, if, it, obviously if when you're in a car, and you know, kind of, but normally I'd get out and try and, um, I just try and flesh them out, make them as colourful and big, and even if it's nothing to do with the project I'm on, then it sort of stains, and then I'll write it, I will, you know, yeah. note it after, but try and sit with it and think, what is it, what is this, you know, if, what is this genre, what is this story, what is this mm. idea? Yeah. What is the point but of what I'm thinking? A, there's trust in that, isn't it? There's trust in sort of trusting your, you, and yourself to actually make something of it or stick with it and trust the idea, I guess. Yeah, I think it's like trying to name it, like trying to name it rather than, I suppose, name it like in its sort of, how can I put it to it, being like, um, why it's good? Because sometimes what I've done before is I've noticed something down and got back to it and and because I didn't flesh it out, it hasn't meant anything to me. You know, like the things that you memorise, you you know, the things that you have in your head with feeling or that you emote with, anything you, that they mean more. So if you have this, if you sort of had experience with the idea, God, I'm so pretentious, but you have to it in, put the music to it, da-da-da, like I have to do, I literally do, sort of I write like that as well. So I have to, I write very much in shots, or I write very much in, you know, kind of, but I have to, I can't just write, and, you know, the, the big ideas, I think just sit with them for ages, and sometimes, you know, I, I can spend like half a day with an idea, and then go, it's not right, but I've had it complete, complete 
I've had eight different people in it. I've had, yeah. a diff, you know, different colours in it, different times of history around it. I've had, yeah. you know, different food in it. Like, you know, the seating in it, the lighting in it. Like, because that just springs... I think the more you flesh it out, the, the detail that you think isn't important is can be the detail that makes it... tells you why it was coming to your head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You go, yeah, oh, yeah. they're on stools. Of yeah, course yeah, they yeah. are. That's what they, you know, and it, that's how they ca- caught the murder. She killed him with a stool. They're on st- there's stools in the house. You know, like there's a, and that conversation, oh my God, da, 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 and then you've got it. But that could take half a day and you have to be in there quite a long time. And you wouldn't have got into that moment no, there without no. allowing yourself to flesh it out. And, yeah. And do yeah. as much. But you know, it's, I think it's my, I know many really good writers who'd be like, that's absolute rubbish. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> get it, well, flesh I suppose it out. There's no real right or wrong though to these things, no, is there? I mean, you no. just, it's your process is totally, obviously different yeah. to, our, to our process. Yeah, but being able to know your process and, and own your process mm. and kind of be okay with it. I think sometimes we get in our own way and be like, oh, I should be doing this a different way or I should be, I don't know, writing in a certain way. So, well, a friend of mine, this comic called Mike Wilmot, he's brilliant and uh, he's got this great quote when he sort of says, <laughs> he's like looking at the window. And his wife's like, uh, what are you doing? Nothing, you know. And he's like, this is me working. Yeah. And it's him staring at the window. And I feel very passionate about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm working and I appear yeah. not to be. But yeah. like, if I'm going for a walk, if I'm, you know, it seems, and that can be quite hard because people think you're available a lot. And you're like, oh, I look available, but I'm actually really working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, you know, and I think the pen and the laptop and stuff, they are tools that tell us and the world sometimes, oh, look, we're legitimate. We're working. <laughs> but, yeah. that, you know, but the real work, you know, it's the thing you go like, well, no, I need to just go off and have a little think and have a coffee yeah. and pot around a shop and then yeah. come back and go, right, right, I've got the scene. Definitely. You know, 100%, yeah. when I, I do a lot of school events, because yeah. I write children's books. And one of the, my, I have like five things that you should definitely do if you want to be a writer. And one of them is have a window that you can wistfully look out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. and, the, and the kids are like, what? What do you mean a window? And they never, they, they don't get it. But, you know, it's, it is that thing of just like, you know, just look and see the world and like, you know, having those moments to yourself. I think that's how you know you're, that's how you know you're a storyteller as well, I think. If that's your innate, you know, it's not for everyone. It's quite weird. I went on a meditation retreat to Greece. And um, there's this bit where we had to do a meditation where we had to sit for 15 minutes and it was quite interesting actually, uh, not do anything, but not meditate, just not, but I was like, well, right. you can look around, but like not do anything, just sit there with each other. Of course, and it was mad, like, you know, sort of sitting there and people walk past and immediately my brain's just like stories. It's just yeah. like, da 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 yeah. And at the end, no, everyone else at this and I was like, my brain was just sort of in like, it was really like, I was like, oh, I need to do that more. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe, I was like, that man, he's probably not the dad, is oh, sad, <laughs> I hope the mum's alive. It literally, and I was <laughs> yeah, on this yeah. whole thing and every, you know, this sort of, I had like a, you know, a good 10 minutes I would because that's how my brain goes which yeah. is bad for meditation because it means you're never yeah, actually no. in the moment but it's good for your creative yeah. I've, yeah. I've, tried, I've started trying to do meditation in the mornings using like Headspace app hmm. and same thing I'm like I'm listening to the guy he's very, got a very nice eloquent voice and I'm thinking oh, I'm feeling, feeling relaxed I'm thinking oh, oh no there's oh that guy's voice oh that sounds like you know and I'm, I am I'm like you I'm buzzing off with different ideas mm. and stuff and I think I'm not in the moment at all I'm not in this but if that's not, the way your brain works as yeah, a creative I guess so, person yeah. then you just like you say it's shit for meditation but um well no I think I, I can't I, don't be, but actually I can, good for writing yeah, yeah I, can, <laughs> I can sort of meditate I think I have moments of actually when I close my eyes and if I do the breathing stuff and I've found out ways ways to do it because I've gone on a few meditation retreats and I have mo- not all the time sometimes it's just um, not but if I sit with it like you know that's the thing just not moving out of it 
is part of it. It's just meditation as well. She's just saying, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to try. The trying for me is just as important going, yeah, I can see you're really rattling around up there, but I'm just trying to have a bit of meditation here, mate. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, like, yeah. just trying to have. And I do get moments then, I think, of, um, I think, clarity and like sort of, especially just, it can be stressful writing and kind of, you know, it can be, um, and I'm not, my discipline around that isn't great, but I do think it's like, I don't think it's a thing we should give up or not. Like, I think it's a thing we can all do. And I think especially creatively, I think rinsing your brain and treating it like a towel that needs to be sort of wrung, you know, and then sort of going, actually, you just like, I think the brain just doesn't know why, why you're looking at it. Mm. And yeah, it's like, yeah, Oh God, yeah. what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> your child, you want your childhood? What do you want? I'm giving you everything this morning. Oh God, you're not going to start cussing me out again. Are you? But, you know, so you just go, no, I'm just going like, to, it's just that it's like, I think when you sort of go, you're all right. You're all right. Like, you yeah. know, like, like, it's like a scared pet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I think I'm going to try and stick with the meditation now because yeah. it is, it is good, yeah. especially in the I morning. Might start actually, it. I need to start. No, it's really good. Like, do three. You, you can do like three or five or ten minutes, and just for like three minutes, it is, it is really good, actually. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm going to do more. Yeah, I mean, I don't do it enough. But I have periods of time where I ha- when I when things are you know like my job is feast or famine, and then yeah. so periods of time we're like this is mad, and I need to not be at mad level. Yeah, yeah, so I have yeah. to do a bit of I have to sort of counteract that. But these are things you get older. Not when I was young, you know. Mm. When I was young, it was like fags, booze, go out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just get older, you go. Oh, I can't do that for four months. So <laughs> yeah, with this, you know. So it's kind of hello. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Tell me about growing up. Was I mean, was comedy something you thought? I mean, uh, you know, well, it's difficult when you're young to know what you're going to do when you're older. But was it was were you like a were you a class joker? Were, you know, was it? I was I actually. I was. I yeah. was always. Um, I was always funny, um, and that's a you know not an arrogant thing to say it's just a thing I just I'm uh, it's always been my I would say my natural being is sort of funny even when I'm I'm one of those people that um, this out like it's not only recent times have I worked this out like even when I'm not trying to be funny I'm funny as well <laughs> which is annoying um, <laughs> I think I was uh, quite a quite nervy maybe and that's why I sort of um you know you, your personality is something you do choose, you yeah, do sure. work you know you choose those roles and you're at school and stuff and I, I was quite tiggerish I would say giddy quite a lot of energy like nervous energy and that sort of I think laughter was a way of and creating laughter and creating that sort of uh I like the feeling of creating sort of heightened people groups of like hysteria basically mm-hmm. you know like not just me but a group of people but I never thought I could do stand-up I never it wasn't a thing that sort of even I knew that much about um and then I went to uni to do film and then I left and then I was sort of not really knowing what I was doing so with the film what, what, did you want to make films or I wanted to work in film I wanted yeah. to write films but you know yeah. I sort of had this sort of <laughs> so funny I had I had this sort of sort of disdain for people who wanted to perform because I think it was so I thought it was so needy I thought you could see their need and I hated it but I think deep down it's because I was it you know yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. I had this real kind of like oh gross you know like <laughs> but really wanting you know it, and it, I, so I never sort of I could say out loud I want to do it. I did when I was quite young I wanted to be like a pop singer or a country western singer and then but like from my teens I sort of put all that away and was very like oh sensible making these sort of sensible choices and then film was the closest I could get to a sensible choice um, which I still love and want to do, but there was a bit when I was like, oh, there's another part of you that's not going to... 
Um, and then I was in a pizza restaurant in Crouch End and my friend Danielle, when not were drunk, was like, you should, I was having a bit of a, you know, 24 year old, 23 year old crisis. And she was like, you should do stand up. And I was like, yes, I should. <laughs> and then she went and put my name down. And my dad died sort of an interim. And then I had a period of time when you do after someone dies, which is, uh, I've said this before. So you have a sort of, uh, Invincible, feel invincible because it's you know you get context and the world is playable, completely playable because you've experienced the thing you really fear. So all those mini fears that you don't do every day because you think, oh, I'll be embarrassed, but you see them for what they are, which is ridiculous things mm. to be scared of. To yeah. go like, as we have a period of time, and I think a lot of people who take big leaps, you know, uh, my father died in my early twenties as mm. well, um, um, and yeah, I think that was kind of around the time I was really sort of hitting it hard with the band and really trying to really trying to make it yeah it, yeah just putting all your energy into that you know yeah well it gives you you know yeah. it's a very it's mortality and it's a but also just there's context don't you and it fades a bit after you know your fears come back and you can still yeah. lose two days over some you know that you go my god you know the way we spend our lives how much we worry about and how sad we can be about things that how we let things affect us you know i'm really trying but you know like you can lose so much time to like, what will they think and how will this go? And, you know, and what does that, you know, worried about what other people think about you or yeah. how these things will be received and, you know, and you can lose so much of your life to not live, to, to that, to literally, mm. and, and then you, every, every, you know, you get these big things throughout life going wrong. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh God, not only has this awful thing happened, but I realise my life's been, you know, been living mad. So, yeah. but yeah, so I did it like that. And it was sort of gradual. I sort of potted in it. I didn't really know much about it. I didn't know that you could do, I didn't know that you could use the same material. So I'd be doing different material time and then Peter Graham. So every gig you do something Yeah, new. and wow. then Peter Graham was like, why don't you just polish the good set? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, like you're making it really difficult for yourself. I was like, oh my God. Oh, I didn't know. Didn't yeah. Know and then, uh, yeah, so it was just sort of up, you know. So what were those first initial gigs like then? Where, where, My first where gig were you was good. Them? My first gig was good. I think that's the case for anyone who's carried on in stand up. Your first gig is good. And I mean, I say good. I'd, lo- I'd love to watch it now <laughs> to see what I considered good. Um, but I got lots of laughs. It's just, I didn't really write it, write anything. So uh, I did a bit about people who called their dogs like Stephen or something. And I did a bit of banter. I drunk, it was the only time I've drunk before going on stage. Um, Did you, so a bit Dutch courage you thought that mm, was yeah, yeah. yeah and then uh, it was mad it was a really yeah it was just a, but I knew instantly like it was a real thing I knew instantly like I was like this is going to be like quite life changing mm. it's going to be I felt a thing that I, I'd only really felt romantically before which was like oh I'm going to I want to be around this I want to you know that sort of like yeah, I was like, this is going to be... And it wasn't a complete straight line, but yeah, I loved it. Something about live performance as well, I think. Yeah. You're getting that yeah. off the crowd instant. That. Yeah. There's a connect- well, you know Certainly that. with stand-up, I think there's a connection to an audience, like I think, like no other live performing, really. Yeah, there's no ambiguity with stand-up, in my opinion. You know, when it's, when it's comedy, it's... The smiles don't count. Like, you know, them feeling sad for you doesn't count. It's like laughter or, or nothing, you know. And it's sort of that. It's the live live or die. Every joke is, you know, and it's all designed as it's polite. You have to make it look easy. It look like you're chatting. And people sometimes, they go, oh, you just, you, know, you relax. You go, yeah, I've worked really hard yeah, to exactly, look like that. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> talking for an hour straight at you. I have to make it not seem like I'm arrogant. Like, yeah. it's mad, you know. Yeah. So people go, like, oh, tell that bit at the table. And you go, if I talked like I did on stage at the table, you'd be like, this is the worst person I've ever met. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, uh, 
it's just a very addictive and I think you know it's, yeah. I think stand up's a diagnosis I think being a comedian is a diagnosis I don't think it's really a choice <laughs> it took me a long you know I really do think that I think it's it's different it's different to a different I do acting and stuff like that I yeah, think it's a yeah. different beast it's a different how our minds are it's sort of neurotic lunatics <laughs> with loving you know like I think I say that with love but I do think there's a real kind of uh, heightened alertness um, in a lot of comic comic comedians if I can say the word yeah. <laughs> big bed yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you realise that stand up was going to be an actual when did it start from those early gigs to then moving up in the circuit and you actually realising this is something I'm, I can really do I'm really good at do you know what I was good and I don't think I had the confidence and I think I was sort of floating around and you know so I won competitions like the new act competitions and stuff but I yeah. still was not very disciplined or like trying to book gigs or like because it takes a while to book gigs it's a lot of admin starting out you know yeah. and then so I did the Hackney show and they took me up to Edinburgh with Kerry Godleyman and Ava and then the Comedy Reserve the Pleasants took me up which is big deal because you're yeah. not paying to do Edinburgh then you know yeah. they're paying for you to do it but I was, it was before my 30th birthday. I was 29. I was, went to Vegas for my 30th wow. birthday. Yeah. I was quite broke. I'd moved home. I had um, split up with a boyfriend and gone back to work full time. And I wasn't gigging. And I was sort of at that point of like, well, I'm sort of going to, you know. And then I went away with friends who were sort of just a bit better off than me, a bit more sorted. And then one of them lovingly, not meaning to, but she was like, maybe you should give up. And it was such a stunning, because I never realised... I don't know I just I, it was then I worked out I was like even if I don't you know I'll do this for free it's, it was part of it. I can't actually give it up yeah, yeah. but then I decided to do my first Edinburgh show like first hour um, I also got an invite to go back to my school to give a speech to the school leavers and it was quite funny I was at my mum's uh, you know, you know you've made things. it when you've been asked to go yeah, back to school. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went up to Edinburgh and that's when I won the newcomer award and yeah. that sort of changed a lot for me yeah that was a sort of, yeah, because even before that, I think, just knowing, making the decision, I sort of, I left my job, you know, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the ships. My mum was like, oh, okay, you know, and I was like, I'm going to do all, this is, this is a non, look, I just basically focused. Yeah. I was just like, oh, right, I need to just actually gig four times a week. I need to yeah. do this properly. And then, do you think you know, that that person saying, you should give up, really, was like a way of you channeling that into Oh, totally. Like, yeah. I think it was... I think it was just seeing someone think, oh, you, you know, I just always thought, well, of course I'm doing it. But you sometimes realise that, you know, we have a lot, we all got friends who say they're writers or they're this or they're that and they're not doing it, you know. And, and but it, it basically means you straddle two lives that you don't commit to either. You don't commit to one life and you don't commit to, yeah. you know. And I, you know, I'm not saying there is a, like, it's not about success. I don't think it's necessarily, it's, a, it's a, at least doing writing, like yeah. at least doing writing like, yeah. like just writing like it's odd or or anything like singing or whatever they go but it stops them going oh well, this one waiting for this thing to sort of acting or whatever and i think um you can sort of you can have these it's what i was doing with stand-up you've got this sort of side thing that is the real reason why you're not committing to the other part of you going oh no i'm not gonna get a proper job because i do this sort of thing but yeah. i don't really do this other thing either you know just sort of loafing in the middle with no commitment therefore you can experience no failure you know you haven't really failed because you're always on the starting block yeah but you need to have that moment where you just say fuck it totally I need to actually fucking do this and it's exhilarating it's exhilarating to go for something because when you when you you know once you leave and you start when you're running you're like oh god i'm in this oh no i've you know i'm yeah. doing this now <laughs> aren't happening. i like yeah and you, when you start booking in gigs and dates and times and it becomes real and deadlines appear and yeah 
it's completely you know it's up you're up against yourself and it's to see it's a really and it's hard but it's living like the mm. best part of it is living it's a life you know like as much as you know a life isn't deadlines and stuff like that, but sometimes challenge you know having that you know that bit of going what can i do in my time what can i what can i create what do i want and also sometimes if you don't really do it you could be living with this full sense of what you want to do yeah do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, you could be like, oh, I really, or if, I, if I only I could have been that actor, if I only I could have been an actor, and you go, or something, you go, well, if you went and tried all this, and you'd be like, I hate acting. You know, and I know people who have actually done it, who've done it properly, and then worked out, and they're like senior costume designers, you know, but they were like, yeah, you, they yeah. don't realise the job they want is, yeah. you know, and they go, I really didn't enjoy what I thought I would. But you've got some people who, I think if you don't actually try the thing, you've got this life in front of you that might not even be the thing you wanted to do. But it's but also okay, it. it's also okay to get to the moment where you think, oh, I Actually, what I thought I wanted isn't isn't going to happen to totally. me, or I'm not enjoying it. But that's okay. I've I've worked that out. Totally, it's better to do, much better to do that to yeah. get there and be like, that's having a rich life, have a big old life. I'm yeah. an actor, a dancer, a doctor. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't I don't believe in failure once you've done it. Yeah. If you say, oh, I tried it, I wasn't that great at it. That's not failure. That's just acknowledging a thing that happened. Yeah. But I think, do you think <laughs> you know? as creators, we're all worried about failure? I think we are, of course we are, all worried about failure, but I think there's also, you know, I think in life, like, if, if you're going to fail at something, it's going to happen anyway, so you might as well speed it up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah, going to, like, yeah, yeah. it just sometimes, I think if you hold off experiencing failure, it doesn't make the failure go away. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, if you feel, oh, if I don't do the work and if I don't commit to it, yeah. if I don't try, then that's not... And that but failure might be doing you a favour in the long run anyway because it then takes you to a point where you're like, oh, okay, right now I'm here. I've got to make decisions about what I do next. Totally. And you've brought that further, five, ten years further forward. Totally. And also, you know, to, to create anything really that you're proud of or brilliant, and, you know, the stuff that I've seen, the, the stuff that I love that people have made, I can imagine, like, the courage and the sort of innovativeness to make it, they must have hit you know, loads of walls and, you know, because it's so precise and precision is hard and precision means, you know, there's one beat out of it. So they must have had so many versions of things that were like, whoa, I imagine that really changed it, you know. So you can see that anything broad and sort of fine, you go, yeah, I can, you know, we've all, but the stuff that you go, oh my God, it blew me away. You go, it's pretty precise and that you don't just get precision. Yeah. You know, precision is a thing that happens, you know, like, with a lot of failure yeah, <laughs> a lot of redrafts a lot of yeah. goes at it a lot of takes a lot of you know a lot of blank moments yeah totally yeah. A, lot of, to a lot of long days nice gym, <laughs> long days staring at screens and you know doubt yeah doubt's really hard it's a real thing I think and I think you know you can really it can really uh, it's, it's a, quite damaged I think it can be quite uh, you've got to that's one thing I would say doubt is a thing you've got to try and counteract as much as possible mm. when you're in the middle of a, in the middle of something yeah it's fine to have it a bit to be you know to circle I always feel like you know it's good to have enough uh lack of my lack of confidence can be good i'll circle the sort of parameters of the work more than someone who's more confident i'm like oh hang on you know but i feel like it can also hinder hinder you so if you let it sort of take over yeah definitely i think you've got to have that you know that fake it to make it you've got to have a bit of like 
And it's hard. It's such a fine line between doubt and hubris. It feels like that middle ground yeah. is so sacrosanct. You can't get there. You like, just want to be in that safe middle ground. And then you go, oh, no, safe is also... So there's no... It's the whole thing has to be... But I think you're better off on the side of bravery yeah. and getting it wrong and a bit like, oh, oh, God, <laughs> than sort of, oh, like a real sort of self-defeating doubt where you don't try the things you want to do or you don't write the thing you actually want to write or you don't say what you want to say. How do you, how do you counter those moments of doubt and, and, and lack of confidence? Because um, we all have them, don't we? we yeah. All, we all Sometimes it's like a time thing. It is like the time, you know, I have to, I have to sort of lift, actually lift my state, like my mood. I think I, you know, I read and watch quite a lot of self-help. Mm-hmm. I'm very into like positive thinking and because my natural state isn't there I have to my natural state will always go to catastrophize and so I always have to go uh, I'm quite proud like I've not got no shame in that I think in filling that up and in in making sure that your brain has enough that you realize that it's doing a thing to protect you it's not an actual warning it's just pure fear yeah. and anytime you do anything fit new your brain will go we're gonna die this yeah. is gonna kill us it's gonna kill us you know and you just have to be like it's fine like you've got to talk to like a child and you need all the tools to be like you know like it's gonna be all right you know we're gonna have a cup of tea and you know sort of give it context but sometimes you know in the worst days you do you know that feeling of a fraud i think is the worst um Because then that feels like you, when it's that difficult and you, what you're producing isn't coming out the way you wanted to on the certain days where you're just like, this isn't, you know, obviously you compare your beginnings to someone else's endings, you know, like, you know, and so you feel completely, uh, I think that's the worst, that's the worst because you feel like you're unhappy and you feel like, why am I doing that's the that's the hardest why am I doing this I'm not happy and then that's the kind of sense like a real feeling it can make really I think it's so real you're like yeah. well, I'm miserable I've got a yeah. miserable life I've chosen a miserable life it's because I'm not good I'm not doing the right thing you know when your brain starts going yes yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you work out you go but I'm still gonna have to be alive and do other things and your brain's like oh <laughs> you know it's like it's you know your sort of brain just wants you to go like just sit in a corner don't make any decisions. Don't choose anything. Don't, you know, there's, yeah. it, there's no risklessness. There's no risk-free life. And yeah. that's it. Once you go, like, whatever job you do, whatever you do, there's going to yeah. be... And, and you never... And you always feel like it's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. When, you're, when you're in that state, no matter what it is, whether it's in your office jobs I've had or whatever, you know, it always feels like this day is the worst and I can't yeah. get through it. And that fraudulent feeling, like, that's that's everywhere and you always think people are looking at me thinking hey look at that idiot he doesn't know what he's doing he thinks he's this he's not this yeah yeah no one's thinking that no no one's thinking that it's only you but but even if they are even if they are getting you know that relationship with yourself I think is so important I think that's the one thing and not just for creativity but just for your life but I think it's really good for creativity yeah is the relationship you have with yourself and I think that's where all our good stuff comes from and even if you want to be creative to exploit that and to you know that's all we have really and I think so that all that fraud stuff like that we feel there's something in it there's something to sit with it and go what's you know because there is a need there that you feel like what's this work not providing me with yeah. and you're like god you're putting so much on this 
you know and you have to sort of take it off you go, oh no that's hung on the like I'm looking for absolute validation of being alive on a joke so yeah. probably take that probably take that off that yeah. <laughs> put that family friends you yeah. know like just don't you know I think it's quite a but having that relationship with yourself, we always be tender with yourself. And I think like learning to parent yourself a bit. These are the only things I've learned recently, yeah. a little bit, and I haven't learned them, but like concepts even. Um, but trying to be a bit more uh, gentle, gentle and, and, mm. and, and, and learning to work what works for like, you know, the sort of part of me, the little part of you that goes like, no, like going, okay, what does she need? Yeah. Almost like third person going, yeah. all right, well, this is, you know, I'm not going to write today. I know I've got myself in too, too far, yeah. you know, uh, the other way yeah, so I need okay. to, totally I need to go and watch a film at the cinema I need to have this I need to do three things so my brain completely forgets yeah. come back and I'm like oh yeah I love writing like, <laughs> yeah. you know. do you think that's why it's important to give yourself those victories you know yeah even the little ones you've had a good day writing or something or you know you've won the Edinburgh Newcomer Award mm. you know giving yourself those victories which maybe from the outside people think they're doing amazing they're doing these things but you're not you're not seeing it because of that sort of I think it's always hard to see the victories because I think we always are on to the next thing and it's, that's the yeah. worst thing you know that, that's a human existence do you know what I mean like happiness is a is jelly in your hand do you know what I mean it's a thing that you go oh god oh god god I got it I got the thing I wanted oh <laughs> yeah. no like, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone got a jelly yeah. that's basically life you know <laughs> yeah. walking around um, and I think that's what it you know and you have to sort of know that I think knowing that trying to, I think trying to find a bit of enjoying the process and the joy and actually building a life that you enjoy, and if that includes writing and being creative, that that is part of like you actually enjoy that and make that work. So it's not just like a thing that you you like you sort of exploit trying to exploit creativity for money or you know praise and stuff like that rather than going oh what's it creativity is here to experience life as well like oh you know we can and like you said you'd still do it for free yeah yeah but just even experience our own just get our brain to be playful to be playful and to be creative and you know to be like oh like thinking it doesn't i don't know just sort of you i think sometimes if you only have creativity if you once you start putting that into work and then the rest of your time like, oh now i've got normal thinking you know like yeah. i think being playful and being a bit silly and it's really important yeah i want to talk to you about game face because i love it um watched it several oh, times thanks pal uh no <laughs> i do i think it's brilliant um and I think, are you working on season two? Though? I am, yeah, yeah. Season two, that sounds American, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Series two. <laughs> um, what, um, was that something that was a long project that you've been working on for a long time before it came about? Um, or was it... It know, was, a, the process was quite long. It was, I wrote a script in, because it's quite long, so I'll speak. Um, I wrote the first a script for Channel 4 in 2010. It wasn't with a production company. And then in 2000, and, but I didn't get a note back. They paid me quite a lot of money to write it. And I was like, oh, it must be like really bad. <laughs> and then it's quite odd, actually. And even now, I think that was the weirdest process ever. That was quite odd. That's quite odd. I don't yeah. think people would, you know, and I think my management should have probably asked them. It's weird. So did they just ignore you? Just, think? yeah, someone just did. They just, they just, just said, yeah, yeah, that was, that was not all right. straight, or, no. And then... Because we've talked about that, haven't we? Being ignored. Ignored. Yeah. And how that can be worse sometimes than being rejected. Yeah, well, I was yeah. just, but especially because they'd asked me to write it. There's yeah. different commissioners and stuff, but um, they asked me to write. It. Then 2013 or 14, um, they asked me to make Blaps, 
and so I made some blaps which is online sort of little videos and then there was a new commissioner of comedy and he said oh and I've just read your script from 2010 can we make a pilot we're not going to put the blaps out I was like oh what I was working to them he went, we're going to give you a pilot and then he was like uh, so we're going to but can we have a combination of the blaps and the script I've just read and I was like okay yeah. so I made a pilot and it came out really well and uh but they put it out and I knew when they put it out I knew it was a bad sign because that meant they weren't going to make it because mm. you don't you know you haven't got a you haven't got the next episode it makes right. no sense um and then they put it out in 2015 I think it was 15 yeah maybe like February or 14 I think yeah so, yeah so it's quite a few years ago and then uh it's done really well it got really good you know reviews and it done numbers wise done really well because it was after Derek so it's one of those freak ones oh, that just done okay. well yeah, yeah. and then uh, they didn't yeah so they didn't give me a series and then bastards I was so furious <laughs> <laughs> they were saying it was quite interesting they were like we never said no I was like it was nearly three years <laughs> um, but I am um, it's quite interesting that rejection but I went to the States and I had a really like sort of good meetings and lots of people being very saying nice things and I needed it because when you feel rejected and you feel like you know yeah. and people are like you know come here come here yeah. and the BBC gave me a commission um, and I wrote a a uh, but I was sort of a bit blocked because I sort of put all this stuff into game face and I had all this Bible and all this outlines and I was a bit like, oh, I've been working quite a lot on... I sort of... Sort of because of Pilot, everyone was excited about it and then it sort of nothing happened. Um, and then I wrote a, a, a thing called Pink Monkey and uh, we were in pre-production for Pink Monkey, the BBC, um, and Game Face got commissioned. So... But I had to... It was quite interesting. Like, only when I buried Game Face did I... When I let it go, I was like, it's not happening. It took a good two years before I was like... <laughs> It's not happening, is it? Yeah. And everyone's like, you know, like, a, like, a, like a lover. They're like, he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're clinging to the yeah, side of the cliff. Yeah. I will, I will. And then, yeah, so I wrote this whole other thing and uh, we were in pre-production. We were filming like three weeks and um, uh, Game Phase got commissioned. Yeah, so they came back and they were like, yeah, we want to commission it for E4. So it was a long old journey. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, and I was really grateful. I don't think, you know, deserve is a word I think is... Um, very toxic and you know I think not helpful for anyone to watch that deserve because the idea is that you know you know everyone who's ever tried to make a script or write a thing so I don't think it deserved anything but I was um, I was so pleased <laughs> that it got picked up yeah, yeah so well I mean it's very apparent that it's quite it's a very personal project mm. you know because you know I was, Without saying that you are, you know, there's a persona that you, you know, you are like Marcelo, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, oh, that's a little a, bit. something yeah, you might yeah. put out there a little bit. With, yeah. You know. um, but I think, yeah, it does feel like a personal project. Would that anything be fair? You write, anything you write where you're in the lead is quite personal, I think, you know, but it's not, it's, it's a, definitely like a work of fiction, you know, it's a kind of, I think it freed me in, in that because I think if you write only your stuff, I think it'd be quite strange to just act out stuff that happened in your life and be like, you know, like that's a weird, I just think that's quite odd. Mm. And, um, yeah. So like, I haven't got a brother, you know, things like that, you know, like, and so I think having that personalizing it, um, there's bits obviously, you know, thematically the things, you know, everything I talk about, you know, if it's addiction or stuff like that, there's things like that that I, I feel well versed on, but I wouldn't, um, you know, as a quote, actually is, you know, life is life, you know, life has no structure or order whereas these episodes you know structure ordered and you go no these are stories designed to make an episode so but pers- yeah there is a, there are bits of her i would say definitely um 
kind of you know the, I wanted to have the sort of that performer that sort of dreamer that someone yeah yeah and I, that's you know who I always kind of it's quite strange I suppose optimistic in a way but sort of uh, self-sabotage is something yeah, I'm kind yeah, of fascinated yeah. with so there's themes that you go like the human but I think they're more like human yeah I think people, especially in our fields, that you go like, why did you do that? The, you know, the moment, the decisions, you know, the rule for Marcella, she doesn't make decisions with time. So she never says like, I'm going to do this thing. And everyone's like, oh no, that's a bad idea. It's <laughs> yeah. not that. So anytime she makes a bad decision, it's kind of on instinct. Just like, okay, like that, which is similar to, you know, but I think those decisions that we make on like the fuck it ones that are oh, fuck it. I love that, you know, oh, never mind, Or oh, I'll do that or whatever that sort of can shape our lives quite a lot. But that's so. what makes Game Face so successful because they're such relatable moments. Yeah, yeah. Everyone watching them will have had a similar moment at some point where I think, I've, I've done that. Yeah, or I've that's thought what I wanted that her way. to feel. I wanted people to feel like it was, you know, I wanted them to feel she was a real person. It felt, I really, I wanted it to be very naturalistic, but with belly laughs, which was quite hard because, you know, you know, if you do comedy drama, they can get away with not normally having that many laughs. Yeah. It can be a lot of smiles. And, and I like that. I love comedy. You know, I don't mm. think... But it was just a challenge to myself. I was like, can you... But then, you know, big comedy is sort of, you know, everyone speaks in written... You know, you can hear the typewriter. You mm. can hear the gags. Yeah. And that's quite hard for me to bury jokes, to go like, you've got to take them out, you know, because the dialogue now is people talking in funny. And when people were talking funny, if you want it to be yeah, real, yeah, you're just like, yeah, yeah. and that's not for every show, obviously, but that show is like, oh, it doesn't, yeah. if you, if, yeah. You've got to make the scenario. Totally, like, yeah. That's the, exactly yeah. it, you yeah. know, like, the go for laugh. So it's a learning process as much as anything, you know, the six episodes. But do you think having done a lot of live stand-up helped in that, in, in being able to get those, it's quite a high joke rate in there, be able to, to, to get that in from doing live stand-up? I think, I, do, I think it's a, I do think stand-up gives you, um, I, I would say uh, like a gugum about funny because, and it's the only time I can, I, I feel quite assured when I argue about, you know, the jokes in it. Like, you know, if I get notes or anything, because I, and all stand-ups, we pay such a heavy price when a joke doesn't land that our body is designed to feel, yeah, you know what I mean? Like absolutely. you can't teach us because um, I, you can, but you need to be, I'll only take it from another real stand-up really, or a really good comedy writer. Yeah who also maybe has done a bit of live. I just think live is a different beast and you pay a very um, uh, very high price when a joke doesn't land. Uh, and so I think that does help, you know, yeah. that it does, help, you know, go. But also you don't, comedy stand-up is a very different form, you know, so it's kind of interesting that you go, like I've had stand-up bits and people are like, you should put that in, your, in the sitcom and I go, no, you don't understand, it's funnier in the telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me at telling you it, but yeah. you, to look at it, it takes away all the language that I'm actually making, using, it's really mm. funny, but I can't, so it's just kind of interesting to learn the difference between where, where jokes live. They live yeah. in different houses, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, wh- and how's writing series two been from writing series one because has it been a more difficult process because obviously you've i mean obviously you can put faces to the characters now yeah but is it been harder because you obviously you've done such a great job with the first season going into season series it's sort of half half and half because the first series was so hard because i found episode one of the series because it was effectively my third pilot yeah, of course. The blaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the pilot, and then another, <laughs> yeah. and I was a bit like, "Where are we starting from?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was never that clear, you know. And I was kind of fit. I was a bit like, "The Lord put the pilot out," you know. Cause it was a bit. It was all a bit, you know. Yeah. So I found that quite hard. Um, 
half and half. You know, I never, I, I, I feel like um, it's tough. It's hard writing. And I, think, I, don't, I don't mind acknowledging that. I'd like to breathe into that. Mm. I think I'm always looking for a way of going, how can I make it not so hard? And you oh, go, it is. It's, that's yeah. what it is. It is <laughs> that's hard. what we're all trying to find. Yeah, 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 you're like, God, it's hard, isn't it? Any, <laughs> yeah. What do you do when you have to write? Yeah. You go, to write, don't yeah. I? Yeah. Write my way through it, I guess. Everyone can <laughs> write. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> Just like so, yeah, it's pretty yeah. tough, and it is, you know, it's um, I've good, you know, what it is, it's day to day, and that's what I've worked out. So some days, if I've had a good day's writing, I'm like full of the joys of spring, yeah. and I'm like, you know, I could wax lyrical about like what I'm finding is, uh, <laughs> you got a little bird on you, yeah, you, like, you know, and I'm full of all this. Like, let me tell you how you do it, yeah. uh, and then like you have days like yesterday when I lost my my script, basically the bones of a whole script, yeah. um. And then you're trying to rewrite it, and what it's quite all it's doing is it's ugly versions of scenes that were good because they're like <laughs> yeah. blunt, you know, yeah, like yeah. a child's version of a thing. That, and I was like, it must have been in a different order because this is so ugly. So at the moment today, I was sort of looking over this. It's up. It's so up and down. It's um, but I'm trying to lean into it in a kind of and expect it to be like that a bit, and expect, but also to try and write with joy and intention and what you want to put into the world, and I always have that in my head, going like, how do you want them, to, you know, and not let, make it all about me, like in sort of like, well, I'm not having a good day, and what are people going to think about me, yeah, and like yeah. I don't know, sort of the end result of. It's tricky. I mean, I try and I'm trying. You know, we all try and sort of have so not become monsters when we're doing it as well as so we're like, shut up. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Out. yeah, you know that sort of yeah. like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. who's ringing me? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. to. <laughs> so, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard. And mm. but you know, I think if it, you know, I worry that if it's if you were like, I'm really enjoying it, I would be like, oh, oh, I don't know if you. It's not going to be very good. <laughs> I just worry that there's you know sometimes there's this sort of. Um, there's, I think, if I feel like it's going to be fine, I'd be terrified if yeah. I had that. Like, if I'm not nervous before I go on stage, I, which has happened to me twice, because um, I was too full. And it done something to my blood sugar, so I just couldn't get adrenaline. Oh, really? And I well, just, you'd eaten too much food? I'd eaten, like, I'd never eaten before going on like stage, I twice. I don't like me, and I was like, why am I? I was on stage, like, hi! <laughs> and I was waiting for the adrenaline, it didn't come, and the gigs were fine, but it felt so alien. Yeah. It made me so uncomfortable. I felt like a psychopath. <laughs> Like it's weird that feeling of feeling really full though, isn't it? When you that's crazy. No, yeah. it's awful. When yeah. it's because yeah. your body's like, we don't need to do anything. We're hungry. Yeah. We're full. Oh, like it goes against all your yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. It's completely mad. But you need that adrenaline for the. To, I just think it's a nice. It. It's a nice. It gives you a bit more. It just feels. It felt odd. I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't trust it. It made me feel completely. You know, I was like, this. None of this is. You know, I need to be trying for the laugh. My body yeah. was too like. My body was like don't care about dinner yeah. so do what you want to do you yeah. know like, and I was like right. <laughs> I need, you to, yeah, I need yeah. you to come with me yeah, on this one yeah totally is that different that adrenaline when you're on like doing acting though like when you're on set and stuff is it very very different beast oh or yeah st- acting's yeah. fine yeah piece of piss it's just acting isn't it it's just sort of you know if, if it's written well it's easy obviously it is because you've written it yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah and I could change it if it isn't written yeah. well that's the thing I'm like, oh, that's a bad yeah. line um, but I think you know I've done a couple of things and you go when the writing's good it's kind of if it's comedy acting you've got a good director you know and it, I think it's kind of it's just a, they can go again they can take it mm. if you've got a big group scene and you know, a set piece, and you've got to take, you know, there is a bit of pressure, but it's not the same as a one, you know, live is so live, mm. that's it, it's done. You can't go, wait, wait, oh, sorry, I've just, I've said that in the wrong order, you know, you yeah. have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it can be stressful on set if, you know, if a bit on the page is dying, which is 
And that just happens. That happens also over the border to Edinburgh. Like, there's your, everyone will tell you, you'll write a show and then you get over the border. It's like a piece of material just can't stomach Scotland. It just, <laughs> you get on stage and it just won't work. And you yeah. just have to accept that you can do, you do the first night, you're like, maybe it'll be all right. Second night, you go, it doesn't work here yeah. for whatever reason. And then you have the same with a funny, the funniest scene you've ever written in your head and you're acting it and, you're, and, you, and you just have to call it. You're like, this isn't working. I need 10 minutes. You know, I need to go mm. and fix this scene. This is not. Because if it's not funny in the room, it's not going to, you're not, you know, they're going, yeah, we'll edit course, it. Yeah, directors yeah. Like, we'll edit round it. I'm like, no, you're all right. I'm going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got time. I'm going to the loo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, you're not going to the loo. I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> Can I go to the toilet? <laughs> go to the toilet in 10 yeah. minutes, you know, and just sort of have a work it out that just sometimes it happens and it's awful and it's frightening because you're just like, you're doing it. And you're like, oh, this is just not got But that's a really brave moment to recognize that and be like, mm. this isn't working when it's something that you've gone up oh, previously. Oh, this is great. To recognise that it's just not working and not happening and to accept that. That's, really, yeah. that's a really brave, sort of vulnerable yeah, moment. But it's kind of, that's the best thing. That's the most perfect. When I'm trying to be full of gratitude, I'm like, isn't this amazing? That I can, like, I'm yeah. able to just do this. And like, like this could be a thing that had to be this. Yeah. You know, like this could yeah. be a thing that, say, they said you can't change your f- thing and did a, you know, I've done it a couple of times. And even in Game Face, a lot of the people in it were right performers. And I quite like that because they don't freak out as much. You were like, I'm going to change this. So like, go for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, so Dustin Demery Burns, who's a brilliant comedy actor, he's in Cardinal Burns and comedy writer as well. Um, they wrote all their stuff. He played quite a sh- sort of straight character. He played Simon, the boyfriend, ex boyfriend. And it was a bit in the sort of. Oh, he's been in staffs recently. Yeah, 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 he's, he's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, he's great. And it was a <clears throat> semi, the sort of episode five, six, last episode, and they sort of outside the mums. And it was kind of a scene where they sort of like almost a wrap up scene where they were like, and the writing, I don't know what I got into it, but on the day in the morning or the night before, I was going over it. I was so bad. It was so overwritten and it was so bad. It was really. I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. This is really bad. And I texted myself, I'm going to change this to one who's like, fine, you know, and I get in. But it's kind of a pivotal scene, you know, like kind of, and the director, you, know, you push for time, especially near the end of the series, you know, and he just let me in. I just basically did it in 10, 15 minutes. And it, I was so, I was so glad that everyone gave me that time because it, it's so, that's just such a nice little sweet scene, but not mawkish. This other scene I had was, I mean, it was unbelievably bad. <laughs> it was like a real, like I was sort of stunned. Like, I'd, I don't know how I, you know, the thing we've got, I was like, it made me really like, oh my God, like, maybe I'm exaggerating because I was tired when I read it, but <laughs> it was just cheesy and like speaking in full paragraphs. And, you know, she had, she had all the words ready for her. She knew exactly how she felt. And it was a lot of, it was dog shit. So. Some, some uh, things go to, go to the final edit and go to show or get get, get um, put on TV where the, the writer hasn't recognised that you know what I mean and someone and you, you watch it and you think oh that's, that's not that good but it's gone through that process so the yeah. fact that you're able to recognise that who yeah, are you talking I'm, about Jim <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure that, I'm sure they've probably recognised you know I'm, I don't, I'm sure no one can recognise all the bits that you know so I'm sure there are bits that people have gone oh she should have you know there's always bits where you know that's just a bit that I with quite lucky with a writer performer who you know they learn their line like actors you know they learn that you're coming in going new scene they're like what it's seven o'clock you know so i was very lucky like that but yeah i don't think anyone can have 360 on themselves and on their work you know you try and you try but then you read a criticism like oh my god like someone will see a thing that you're like oh what you know (laughs) how are you with that stuff like reviews do you you read reviews yeah 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 um because We've talked about this before, like those, you know, you can read like 20, 30 great reviews and then you get that one. Oh, totally. And it just, oh, 
Nee needles you. And it's the one you focus on the most, you know, not totally, one. totally. Um, I mean, you know, they are what they are, and you yeah. know, the good ones make you feel the truth of the matter is the good ones make you feel validated, and the bad ones make you feel like shit. And even though you know, and the you know, the wisdom is don't pick it up, don't put it down. Mm. They're all you, you know, that's the truth. You can't take any of them really, but I think I suppose I was thinking about this if I was a reviewer. Uh, I wouldn't write sometimes the sloppiness of, of a review. I don't mind a review that tells you they don't like a show, but when they write a sloppy review of why yeah, they don't sure. like the show. Yeah. Um, now, to be fair, and this sounds, it's going to sound really arrogant, in, I didn't have a bad review for Game Face in this country. I did have one in America where he hated the show. He wrote such an ugly review. It wasn't sloppy. It was just hateful. It was like the rage behind it. Was so, what was, was the angle he was coming from? Then? He was just furious. It was like, she's this. These people wouldn't like her. Another depressed woman, but she's older, heavier. Is this the, Fox News? Was it? No, no. I'm not going to say that. But it was no. really, and it was long, and wow. it was vicious, yeah. and it was rageful. Like, it was... Personal? It, yeah, it was really yeah. personal. And I get it. Like, listen, I, I, you know, I was like... That was the one I found the hardest because he just hated it so much. Like, I could, you know, he hated the show. It had a, such a, I was like, God, I don't think anyone would have that much of a visceral reaction to yeah. the first two episodes. Mm. So that was my only, but in this country, you know, the, the least I had was sort of like, you know, it's good. Like, you know, like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. But most of them were sort of quite effusive and quite nice. That in itself can also be, you know, you've got to be careful of that. Like, yeah, you get carried away with it. Yeah. They're not yeah. real. They're not, like, no, they're not real, but they are, you know, you have to be your own, you yeah. know, if you live or die by what they say, or you end up trying to do it again, or, or what, yeah. well, and people telling you what you are, I've, you know, I've always had it my whole life. You know, it's like, she's, it's quite funny. Like one review said, uh, clumsy, two reviews are clumsy falls and I was like I don't fall over once in the whole series but it's a they, they it's just a That's sort of it's a kind of you know you sort of go like a shorthand for things yeah. it's interesting how we talk about female characters as well like they got mixed up with a tiff because she falls over doesn't she in one bit yeah but you know but it's still but it's like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's not the lead character no of course like, not no 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 clumsy and it's sort well, of like that's a preconceived thing that people have come in Totally. Or thinking that before they even watch an episode. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just how women sort of and female leads, yeah. and, you know, and the, the complexity of a character or the nuance of character. And obviously, it's quite hard because obviously I've got personality and I do, you know, I do other stuff. Um, but it's quite interesting, you know. I think if you're going to write about a show, I think I just like, I, you know, the, I like, I love a good review. I love. No, I don't just. I don't mean a good review of my <laughs> yeah, yeah. reading a good analysis of someone's work, good or bad. But as long, you, know, you can tell the difference between like, it's clickbait venom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. when you go, no, very few shows deserve to be freaking, you know, like thrown across and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, you could be like, this isn't great. Let's Especially start when there. you know what, what it, those what shows into it. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the hours of writing, the hours of filming. Yeah, the, the you don't money have to try and destroy or... someone's. But I get, you yeah. know, they make spicier reviews. And, you know, but I think mm. review writing itself is a, is a really good, you know, it's, I, I love a good. A good read, you know, yeah. like a good analysis of something, well thought out, well considered. Yeah, it's quite funny the comparisons you get. So here they always assume like I only watch female works. They're like, oh, it's like this or this. Whereas in America, because they don't know art, they're like, oh, she's very like three reviews. Were like she's like Larry David, but it's quite interesting. I was like, I don't mind. Yeah, it's kind of widening, you know, sort of who they presume you've been influenced by. Mm. Who, who are who are influences, especially particularly on Game Face? What were the were there, were there shows that you watched to think, yeah, that's, I want it it's to be It's probably so movies like, more than yeah, shows. Um, obviously, you know, I, I, yeah, Nora Ephron sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, sort of, I, 
I always wanted to write stuff that was... Sharp dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah, and the stuff that makes you feel, when you're feeling a bit sad or whatever, that you can put on and watch and be like, that sort of stuff that doesn't make you feel bleak at the end. So it it can be bleak. But I think the world's bleak. I don't need to feel like... I'm very interested in how you feel at the end of stuff. And that's the thing. I'm like, I've watched some stuff and I'm like, I feel gross. I feel nihilistic. (laughs) Mm, It's artistically well done but I don't feel better for watching yeah. it and that's just a thing you know that, that's what I wanted for that show not for all the stuff I wanted to make but for that show I, was, I wanted to put and, and you know feel very uh, like a, 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 a show that's going to be a bit of home for some people to go to that was like because I've got my shows like you know it was like, not just, but even Blossom when I was a kid do you remember Blossom? Oh, Blossom yeah 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 <laughs> But, um, love that show. I love Joey. that show, Joey. Yeah, Ooh. and then friends nicked him. Friends just nicked yeah. that character. Yeah, um, Golden Girls. You know, there's loads. But oh, anything my brother's bit... a massive Golden Girls. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Incredible series. But then only fools and horses. You yeah, know, a yeah. lot of I love, I love a good. Pl- I love a good plot, and I think that's my favourite thing with comedy. I suppose. Or with any series, is it the plot's good? Have you ever good? So I'm trying to write a. Actually, I've watched, rewatched some Only Fools and Horses recently because some on Netflix mm. and uh, a little plug for Netflix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, there's some sort of poignant dark moments in those, and yeah. they're quite long as well. They're about. I always thought they were just like half an hour, but yeah. they're like 50 minutes. Some of the episodes, wow. most of the episodes, and there is there's some real poignancy and actually I was tearing up in a few episodes because you just but you just think of like you know plonkers and yeah um, oh no it's exceptional yeah. writing it's exceptional writing it really is some of the best writing you'll ever see and it, you know the idea of, ever, of that ever getting commissioned today I know yeah, yeah. Two, sort yeah. of middle aged not you know no offence attractive you know living yeah, in a council yeah. flat with yeah. their grand it's like they're yeah. like oh what may, what will the hipsters think yeah. <laughs> you know like it's just you know such perfect yeah um, yeah, so like you know, I've loads of kind of uh, old movies. A lot of you know old movies. It's like I, I like film, so kind of I like, and that's why I was very into the aesthetic of Game Face. Mm, yeah. I wanted it to look a certain way. I don't like comedy. That I didn't want it to look. I didn't want to do like a uh, uh, what do you call it um, mockumentary. I didn't want yeah, to do. Yeah. I want it to look quite uh, other world. Like you know, like yeah, you're, sure, you're watching yeah, yeah. a film or a big show. Not a, yeah, it definitely comes across. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Especially when you've got those big, you know, the scenes where you're um, in, you're doing it on a movie set, aren't you? There's oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. pretty, you know, like yeah, sort of good Pride fun. and Prejudice style, yeah, sort of style, yeah. yeah. Just have it a bit visually yeah. to play around with it, give it a bit of, you know, just it feels like, it oh, it's a nice well, yeah. place to be, you know, like, um, not nice in a sort of anodyne, but a kind of, I was, I wanted it to be, you know, classy, like a nice, yeah. good show. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and across massively. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. I really appreciate it. And it's very rarely, I've only just learned to take compliments because Game Face actually did like drain my blood. I have to take <laughs> yeah, a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it is. You. It's a brilliant show and I can't wait for season two. When's it when? Season two, shit. Stop <laughs> season two. <laughs> series. When is series two coming onto um, our screens? I don't know. I'm filming it next end. Of, well, I'm filming it the day Brexit happens. <laughs> no way. I'm that's a good, that's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, guys, um, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried, actually. Yeah. Um, it's, we're starting on the day of Brexit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, it could be apocalyptic. Yeah, oh, you know. God. So they're like, don't worry about it. We've like, had a yeah. shutdown. There's no money. Yeah. The money's gone. So um, we're filming it there. We start then for six weeks. And then so probably maybe... Next autumn, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. And can you see an arc? Do you think this is, you know, you can say, oh, we're going to do like 10 series. Or, or can you just... Do you, do you have an arc for the story already or is that just or just going to see how it goes I would you know I, I, I sort of but I also am reluctant I think I'm sort of um, I feel I could do I could I guess you know, you're long in the tooth enough to know that actually season three might, you know series fucking hell yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah. all these out <laughs> um, 
um, that it might not happen again. Totally, you yeah. never know how it's going to play out. And also, yeah. I feel like I would have the, I, I would write with the arc anyway, you know, kind of, but it's, you're, I'm a better writer than from series before you write a thing, you know, so you have bits where you like to, you can, that you, you can pepper it, you know, it yeah. doesn't have to be. Um, but yeah, I've got, I'd like to, I'd like a, a, to, to focus on the story yeah. more so than just it be episodic. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I think I've talked quite a lot. No, it's, it's been, been so great. fascinating. Oh, it's been do you think I talked more than anyone you've ever met? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, well, we've so. had a few people that have but talked quite a lot. Well, we've, you're a guest on the podcast. We to be honest, we talk. We said when we were going to do the podcast that we really wanted it to be less of us. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I mean, there's lots of great podcasts. Right, yeah. Um, but sometimes the hosts are as sort of dominant as the as the yeah. guest and we just want the guests to talk more. Yeah. You're very kind. I felt yeah. like I was really talking at one point. I thought, oh my God, I've really done No, it's so great. No, the really more you talk, the better, I haven't I think. been to bed last yeah. night. <laughs> and so I was a bit like, have I just been talking? Like, <laughs> yeah. It feels like someone has to go like, and stop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that's it. We've got you at a point, a really perfect time, I think. Just before you go, we've been asking our guests what, what advice they have to anyone listening who has blank moments, be they a creative person or anything else. You got any sort of tips you, you pass on? I would say... Um, fill the well which is a thing i think so put stuff back in so read like choose i would do like three or four things a day uh not linked to the project you're on so read a book mm. find music find about and like i would you know really go on a date with yourself from the artist way which is a really good book mm-hmm. even the artist way but that, that like really put stuff into yourself to give you know if you haven't got anything to that gives you gives you that gives you inspiration and it changes your thoughts. So your thoughts when you when you're blank is because your thoughts sort of run out of fuel, yeah. I think. And you mm. need to just go, and not the same stuff all the time. I think you know it's going to see a different kind of show. Go and watch a different kind of band. Go and you know, and also then you get to live. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's a yeah. nice way to yeah. live your you're life. Not sitting in a room, sort yeah. of staring at a blank screen. Go and yeah. roller skate and do a thing. Give yourself a spicy story. Oh, you know? Roller skate. <laughs> you know? I'd love to do roller skate. Shout. Yeah, yeah, roller disco. Don't do those for adults. Yeah, there used to be one in Vauxhall. Was it Vauxhall? No. Yeah, it shut down. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. Let's do it, Jim. It's shut down. Yeah. It's shut down? Yeah. Can we not start a new one? Oh, we haven't got time for that. Yeah. Just get listeners to start roller disco. Yeah. Yeah. For blank, for the blank podcast. The blank blank roller disco. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Anyway, Rosine, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It was a real treat. Thank you, my love. Thank you. There we go. That was Rachel Connerty. Yep, great pod. Oh, it's brilliant. Great pod. guest. Yeah, great just, human. Yeah, most students as lovely as you imagine she would be. She's yeah. just great. Yeah, and and again, really candid about yeah. everything. Yeah, well, obviously she had a blank moment in in obviously losing that script the night before oh, doing the pod. Heartbreaking, um, and yeah, I, I just, yeah, I really felt for her. She hadn't really slept before the pod. I think trying to stay up all night and yeah. and, and work on that. So um, we appreciate that she gave us her time. Absolutely, in what was quite a difficult moment as well. And um, she was so candid and open, and a lot of great advice for writers and creatives out there. The, the bit about having an idea and sort of mulling it over and working on it almost before you kind of jot it down and then it's gone actually yeah. kind of think about it before you make an yeah, I'm, I'm that... so quick to write ideas down yeah, like, me oh, too, I'll get to yeah. that at another point and then you, ne- you never do yeah me too and just letting those ideas form a little bit in your head and yeah. live with them for a while yeah living with them and sort of yeah. fleshing them out before you kind of yeah that was fascinating I really 
yeah, I really thought never thought about doing that before. Really. It's funny, isn't it? And that, but when you hear it from someone as experienced and as talented yeah, as that, and I guess actually, what we found from the last two shows is the different processes that people yeah. have got, and actually how we could you know adapt our own processes a little bit could yeah. help us in our blank moments. Exactly. So let us know what your processes are like. We want to hear from from our listeners as to how they deal with blank moments and what you thought of the pod today. Um, so you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The link is Giles blank pod correct for all three and our email if anyone wants to send us something a bit more lengthy just wants to chat to us about anything be it the pods we've done or future guests they want to see on there or their own blank moments the email is hello at the blank podcast.com that's right. a very nice hello yeah it was great yeah, hello you don't hello. have to <laughs> yeah i don't know how you would type that to be honest that no kind of hello you can just do it as a regular hello um good stuff so thank you very much oh and don't forget to rate us as well on on itunes um or whatever pod you're on and subscribe subscribe please subscribe hit that subscribe button mm. uh good stuff well, well we'll be with you again next week with another guest talking about their blank moments in the it's meantime gonna be a good one. it's gonna be a great one in the meantime enjoy your week whether they have blank moments or not <laughs>